Look at this, Spags and his new setup. I mean, I even see a Christmas tree, not only new, but seasonal. Oh, yeah, and I actually have the puppet Eric Lindquist up in the corner wearing a Santa hat, but I haven't figured out how to get that in a frame. But the good news, Pete, is we have a full-fledged splash play show in front of us today. We're going to do the Week 13 waiver wire. We're going to talk about all the Week 12 performances. Christian McCaffrey is going to be out the whole year. That is bad news. We also have to welcome some people to the family, and I hear there was a lowball victory for one of us that was very pride-inducing. So let's hit that intro and get right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I am Chris Spags, joined by your friend and mine, Peter Overset. How are you doing, Pete? Doing good. I feel like I cut you off with the intro there. You I did. was the spirit was to cut you off talking about lowball, not you know to undercut your intro. You know, so we're no, we're a little rusty. Exist- <laughs> you exist to hurt me. I think we all know that. That's part of the charm here of this show. So if you are watching on Peach Channel or the Splash Play Channel, make sure you hit that like button right now. Helps us out a bunch. Helps us get seen by more people, which, Pete, I know you need after I saw your, your video this morning, your recap video, and uh, tough times in the DFS streets for when Peter Rover's out of late. Wow. Thanks, Spags. I mean, I only lost $100. <laughs> Cross-promoting but... content. Is that not what we do here? <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was not a great slate. I, I was upset because... It's the kind of slate you want to win when all of the chalk fails pretty much. Uh, you'd hope to be able to take it down, but there were just low scores across the board. So, you know, uh, I felt pretty good about most of my alignments, but uh, just didn't get enough things right. Yeah, all you can do is improve week by week, and that's what Pete does on his shows and, of course, what we try to do here. So, again, make sure to follow at Splash Play Pod so you'll know we're doing an episode. We are back on our usual schedule, so we'll be doing them Monday, Thursday, Friday, 2.30 Eastern, so tune in then. Of course, also make sure to go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. It's 99 cents a week on there. We'll get you all the data that they have going. DVOA is a big one. Defense versus receiver is one that I look at a lot. Try to figure out things on showdown slates in particular. So go check that out right now, footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. And uh, Pete, let's talk about some of the Week 12 snap takes, including the news that came out right before the show. Christian McCaffrey, real downer year if you pick him up in best ball, season long, whatever the case may be. He has not lived up to the hype. Now he's out for the rest of the season with an ankle injury, and I saw Field Yates tweeted out. Uh, this is the uh, McCaffrey actually has only finished six games, started and finished six games, and Matt Rule's 33 as the head coach of the Panthers. And uh, that's not the kind of play that's going to win people a lot of money, Pete, and DFS, and might not be good for Matt Rule's career. Yeah, it's uh it's a bummer uh to lose McCaffrey like this and it starts to get to the point, you know, when you think about the shelf life for running backs and just how how much longer, you know, he has at kind of an elite level. Uh so yeah, it's a bummer. I mean, pretty much everyone has already crowned Jonathan Taylor as the 101 next year, which I agree with that take. Uh but now you really start to wonder uh about McCaffrey and we kind of see it with Saquon who I would say is kind of the other, you know, generational, you know, running back prospect we've had that has just never seemed to be able to get back to to full health and kind of perform so it's a weird you know combination where McCaffrey was this unicorn and that you know while a lot of teams shifted to a committee they were still using Christian McCaffrey as a 25 plus touchback in the receiving game on the ground a goal line role and uh and now we don't have him again and I think uh, we'll have to check in with our dynasty football bros and to see how they're ranking him kind of on a longer time horizon. But I think it's an interesting discussion. 
Would it surprise you at all? And we have to talk about a lot more of the fantasy implications, but I, I think the football real life ramifications are kind of interesting here. Would it surprise you if Christian McCaffrey gets traded or they cut ties somehow with him in the offseason? Because it does feel like, especially if there were a coaching change, like I don't know that you could rely on him. And that kind of sucks. Like that's definitely an opportunity for uh, the season long leagues, the FFPCs, the best balls, and all that. But I do think if you're just a football fan, if you're a Panthers fan, especially, I wouldn't be surprised if you never see him play another snap for them. Yeah, I guess the question is who is going to kind of take on his contract, right? Because was it last year he signed that four-year, um, pulling it up now, $64 million contract. So, you know, the league continues to get a little bit more savvy as far as de-emphasizing the running back position and how much they're willing to pay these guys. So uh, I'm sure there still would be some donkey GM out there that would be pretty excited to, you know, back up the truck for McCaffrey. But yeah, it's an interesting uh, conversation. Uh I'm not sure how that would play out. And uh, the man who some are dubbing the new Christian McCaffrey, and I know this has been one of Pete's guys, Eli Mitchell, though. Again, I did watch your show, Pete. Actually, actually, the first thing I have to say, I got my TV mounted in the basement here. The big one had a real adult man come over and install it because Lord knows I don't trust myself to put up a 75-inch TV. Your show is the first thing I watched, and I was disappointed to hear you didn't play Eli Mitchell once again when he has been this guy you talk about every week, and I feel like he just never makes it into your final lineups. Yeah, so I didn't get into it. On the show this morning, I talked about it last night, but um, I had him in some of my lineups. I didn't start my lineups with Eli Mitchell, but he was going to be my late swap guy. And then there was this tweet, and I don't know if you saw the tweet that came out, and it was like, Eli Mitchell, they're doing their final snaps of warmups, and they're like, Jeff Wilson and Trey Sermon are out there, and Eli Mitchell is standing to the side. And this combination of, you know, being uncertainty for how heavy his hand was going to be wrapped, him not practicing a bunch during the week, I got so spooked. And I'm like, oh, he's just going to be active, but more in an emergency situation. So I ended up getting off Eli Mitchell. And boy, was that a wrong read uh, on interpreting that tweet. Yeah, tough one to miss out on. I wasn't there either, but he had 27 rushes, 133 yards, a touchdown, as well as five catches for 35 yards for six targets. So getting that pass game work. And I thought it was interesting too, because normally you see a guy have that kind of day. You have to assume that he is the one really dominating the workload for the rushing attack. But Debo Samuel again gets six rushes, even with these guys back in tow, 66 yards, two rushing touchdowns for Debo. And it's just kind of a weird offense, Pete. And it's one where it wouldn't surprise me if Eli Mitchell, you know, had a down game next week. Jeff, Jeff Wilson, maybe Vultures, a, a touchdown or even a couple touches in a meaningful way. And then Debo, if he's healthy, can do those things. It's it's just, it's probably the ideal. I know you talk about these kind of plays a lot for the GPP format and what you're trying to do there. But I do think that this spot with the Niners, I don't know what you can trust. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if Eli Mitchell gets this workload this week and you just see him back to 15 to 20 touches next week. I feel like I've started to see enough that I'm willing to trust him. I mean, they hadn't even been throwing to the running back much at all, much less when the guy, you know, has his entire hand wrapped and just broke his finger or whatever. So the fact that he was getting catches in those circumstances and the fact that they just, they have zero interest in using Trey Sermon. And what surprised me the most is it seemed like it would have been a spot to split carries between Jeff Wilson and Eli Mitchell. But I'm, I'm pretty convinced now with this usage that they absolutely love Eli. Mitchell I think the biggest concern would be they do seem to like hasty in the in the pass catching role so if hasty comes back maybe he steals that pass catching work but even then Eli Mitchell's looked really explosive in the run game so yeah I think he's a he's a great start most weeks now and definitely going to be in play for DFS 
Yeah, if you got him, I think in a season-long league somehow, if you picked him off up off the waiver wires when we talked about him many, many weeks ago and held on, certainly a guy that you got to ride out, but uh, definitely an interesting play, and maybe the workload does stay here. Guy that the workload won't be staying for in that same game, though, is Dalvin Cook. He'll be out the next few weeks with a dislocated shoulder. Adam Thielen also scored two touchdowns there, but the Dalvin Cook news is going to be a big one and really tough overall if you had those top picks in the draft. Uh, and, and, and in basketball, I know, Pete, we don't, we're not legally allowed to talk about it, but we can talk about the concept behind it. Derrick Henry going out, Dalvin Cook going out McCaffrey going out just kind of brutal down the home stretch here and I guess the question I would have for you I mean it's pretty obvious if Madison's available in your league pick him up but does you think this hurts the offense overall or do you think just kind of keep humming as they have yeah uh, I think it just keeps humming um you know we've seen Alexander Madison be a pretty good one for one uh replacement and you know we were talking to a reef too that Madison's actually even been a little bit better as a pass catcher than Dalvin Cook. So I think they'll be completely fine. Uh, Madison is one of the great examples for running backs not not mattering. And, you know, Madison is an above average talent himself. So I, I think they're going to be fine uh, there. And then we also do have a little breaking news that just came across here. The Saints appear poised to make a QB change. Taysom Hill is taking first team reps this week per Ian Rappaport. If I guess after they paid him for the second time within the span of 12 months, you got to start him. But interesting one there. And uh, do you have any takes on that one right away? I think they're playing the Cowboys next week, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very excited about this. The Saints have been one of the most boring, disappointing fantasy teams. And, you know, we know Taysom Hill can run and he's going to immediately be interesting as a DFS play. Um, and I'm actually curious what his salary is this week because I just did my first look show and uh, didn't even take a peek. What's well, a showdown? That's why. Thursday night football showdown. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. There we go. So that'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, you know, we saw him support Michael Thomas and, and support, you know, Alvin Kamara played well even when uh, Taysom was quarterback. So yeah, it, it has to be a plus for this offense. They need some kind of, you know, explosive element to it. And, and Taysom Hill can bring that. Yeah, I think not great for the running backs. We've been getting a ton of checkdowns with Trevor Simeon, but certainly going to be an interesting fantasy play. One for showdowns, honestly, depending on what the price tag is. And I'm not sure if, those price tags might not be out yet for Thursday night football, but as long as it's not egregious, I feel like Taysom Hill probably would be for me a 100% play against the Cowboys. who have been known to give up good games time and time again, including a Derek Carr this last week. So I like Taysom Hill a lot, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that on Thursday. Um, other items here from week 12, we got to talk about Leonard Fournette. Uh, Pete, in your low ball lineup, of course, he was anchor, but he went for 17 rushes, 100 yards, three touchdowns, seven catches, 31 yards, and a TD as well, and eight targets, 47.1 fantasy points, Tampa Bay wins 38-31 and I know you've not been a believer your your pal our pal I'll say Pat Corain also has been certainly backing other running backs here but at a certain point do we just have to agree that Leonard Fournette is legitimately a superstar fantasy back at least uh, I will not say a superstar fantasy back, but I was, if you, you were watching my show this morning, I was, I thought it was a very big process mistake to not have Fournette in my player pool. Just knowing that I love these leverage spots when chalk is condensing and everyone was playing Brady and Gronk and Godwin and Michael Pittman. And so this was an awesome spot to play both of the running backs in that game. And Fournette was, you know, very, uh, affordable at 6,800. So yeah, from a GPP process standpoint, I was pretty upset at myself. Um, I still think the other kind of feather in his cap, and it's actually the controversial thing here, although not controversial, Gio Bernard played one snap. Uh, so not so enough only to not get 20 points on my low ball lineup, <laughs> you, you very, uh, very narrowly avoided the 20 point penalty, but he's fully iced Ronald Jones. I mean, Ronald Jones comes in in, in garbage time and now he's fully iced 
Gio Bernard. So yeah, he is getting bell cow usage. I think his fantasy production will still be all over the map just because they do prefer to throw in a lot of spots. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, making a note to myself to be on him when everyone's on the passing game. And also, uh, I feel like the while we're talking low ball, I mean, I'm very, very happy to get a win here, though the chat barely uh, squeezed out a little bit ahead of me. And obviously, that's not what you're going for in low ball. But any observations for low ball this week? I'd feel like just us getting one guy every week who has been breaking the slate has really been something that I, I don't I agree with your take on the process and all that. It's just amazing to me that we are getting these guys in every week. And our one goal is to build shitty lineups. Yeah, I mean, my lineup. I will. I mean, I, I hate to have this take, but, um, you know, it was the best constructed lineup. I mean, if Leonard Fournette, you know, doesn't score 47 points, I mean, this is just a gorgeous, gorgeous lineup here. So I did, I did push all in on that buck strategy, the running backs and the defense. And, uh, that ended up being my downfall. Uh, but the, the rest of the lineup looking pretty sharp. Yeah, it's honestly, you are getting pretty good at low ball. Of course, we will be doing that again this weekend. What happened in the other, so something for everybody else out there, uh, somebody initially joined the low ball league that yeah. he made for us. And then what happened in that one? So that was, so yeah, so I make the contest. And so what happened is I forgot to make it a private contest accidentally. So I sent the invite to YouTube, but then someone else saw it. Like, I guess it just pops up on, and it, it, you know, it's a free league here. Uh, I, I want to scroll down and see if I can find it here. Uh, and I want to see what lineup this guy rolled out. And he must have been so excited. Here it is. NFL player free. AJ G 616 Dallas took it down um, with, let's see, a Matt Ryan. Wait, was this guy playing low ball? So that's a, that's what I'm wondering too, looking at this lineup because it kind of feels like a low ball lineup. <laughs> I can't tell now. It is really hard. It's really hard to tell uh, what went down here, but I, AJ, if you're in the community and you, I don't know how you would have found this, but either AJ is really good at looking for contests or is really bad at DFS. It's one of the two. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely an interesting wrinkle here that we did not expect when building our low ball teams, but he's either like stoked. He's like, oh, I really fucked these guys up. Really bad. <laughs> <laughs> or he's like, oh man, I'm really bad at low ball. Either way, I'm curious to hear what AJ's thoughts are. I... I, so just the way I think the lobby works, I do not think even someone who wanted to go looking for it would have found this. I truly think this is someone just kind of messing around. Um, and who knows, you know, you know how you didn't know recently that you could just create dummy lineups through yeah. create a lineup. I wonder if he was just like, I'll just create a quick placeholder lineup and I'll pick a free contest. And this is what he clicked to just put like a dummy lineup in. I don't know, but I want a 30 for 30 on what went on with this lineup. An unstacked Matt Ryan here, uh, truly confounding. Yeah, AJ, if you're out there, please reach out. Let us know what your process was because we're very curious for our own low ball lineups in the future. Other news, the Rams losing 36-28 to Green Bay despite Odell's best game since 2020. Goes 5 for 81 on 10 targets. Van Jefferson, my ride or die pick, actually outscores Cooper Cup as some genius predicted. I wrote in my notes, I should have said that part first and then left it ambiguous. That's on me. AJ Dillon also outscores Aaron Jones by 10x the fantasy points. Goes 20 carries for 69 yards, 5 catches, 21 yards, and a receiving touchdown. 
anything that you would make out of this at all, Pete, I feel like a lot of people are starting to put dirt on the Rams. I still think there's enough time for them to figure it out down the home stretch and hopefully steal a wild card. But I'm intrigued by the Rams still. I'm not going to back off of that. I just, the question I have is really the Green Bay side of it, where um, I think Matthew Berry tweeted out that Green Bay usually doesn't let these guys play when they have the Q tag, when they're game time decisions. They did let them play and they don't really use them. And it just doesn't make sense. And I, is it possible that AJ Dillon's passed them up? I don't know if you have any thoughts about either side of this, but just an interesting game overall. Yeah, I'm not, I guess my one concern with the Rams is less, you know, just how they're playing and more that report that came out uh, yesterday about Matthew Stafford just playing through a lot of injuries right now. The report I'm reading here, he had sore ankle. He had this pain in his throwing arm and elbow and back pain that has been described as chronic. And so that's probably the most concerning thing. But I, I think offensively, they're going to be fine. You know, you see Odell working into the lineup yesterday, looking pretty solid. And, you know, going on the road to Lambeau is always a tough spot for team. So I'm not going to read into that too much, but if Stafford really is, you know, going to be at, I don't know what it is, 75%, 80% the rest of the way, I think that is concerning for their Super Bowl chances. Yeah, I don't love the Lions fans doing victory laps like, oh, now you're seeing Stafford. Or, like, I get they don't have a lot to go for here besides Josh Reynolds, of course, a, a godsend for Lions fans. But I just feel like Stafford, I get he's banged up. I still think that as long as he can get, you know, to maybe 80% health, 85% health, I think McVay can scheme around him. And he's still able to throw deep balls. That Van Jefferson touchdown was also a, a nice long play there. And the, you know, Cooper Cup is a monster. Like, I'm just not going to worry about them unless they keep sliding and miss the playoffs. And losing to Green Bay, I agree with you. Like, that's there's no skin off my back if you lose to Green Bay with how good they've been this year yeah yeah I don't I didn't I missed that I I don't see a lot of uh team fan NFL Twitter I'll often hear about it like Levitan or Silva being like oh the entire Miami Dolphins Twitter fan base came after me today so I am happy to uh to not see those takes Another outlier performance this week was Joe Mixon getting 28 rushes for 165 yards and two touchdowns. He also had four catches for what I would dub a hilarious negative two yards, but still those PPR points good enough. Cincinnati rolls Pittsburgh 41 to 10. T Higgins, who was in the, the chats low ball lineup for the week, goes wide receiver two on the week, uh, which just shows the power of positive regression. Six catches, 114 yards and a touchdown for him on eight targets. And I don't know what this says more about the Cincinnati side, Pete, or the Pittsburgh side, but Pittsburgh to me feels, I know Mike Tomlin had his rant about, you know, don't consider me for coaching jobs. Now USC got Lincoln Riley. So take that Mike Tomlin. I'm sure you're watching splash play right now, but I do think that Pittsburgh, this incarnation of the Steelers just feels kind of done. Yeah. I watching as someone who played uh, a couple big Ben lineups yesterday, it was so, so painful to watch. Uh, and he's really dragging down that entire offense because their weapons are awesome. Like if they had a competent, like even imagine just plugging in Mac Jones right now to the Steelers offense with Najee and, and Claypool and Deontay Johnson and Fryermuth. like this offense should be one of the best in the league. But did you see that play where Big Ben like stepped up into the pocket and then like tripped his way into his own sack. It was just, that. it was just so demoralizing. So yeah, they're really, really frustrating right now. Uh, yeah, it, it's a tough team to roster. I know Chase Claypool was a guy that we both liked heading into the week and thought maybe he could have an outlier day. And even in the game script where they're down countless touchdowns, just doesn't have enough of a day to get any meaningful work. Deontay Johnson, same thing. Like these guys are fine, I think, in a GPP sense or, you know, even in a fantasy season long stretch. Like I don't mind taking the receivers, but hard to really bank on anybody if you are playing a lot of DFS lineups to get major exposure there. I just don't know how you do it. Boston Scott leads the Eagles backfield in that game. 16 rushes, 64 yards and a TD. Jalen 
Jalen Hurts, his first game as a starter under 10 fantasy points. The Eagles lose 13 to 7 to a Giants team where no player besides Daniel Jones scored scored over 10 fantasy points. So brutal one for them. But this game, another one to me, Pete, where I'm not going to write off the Eagles, but just ugly in a way that fantasy wise, I think there'd be some hope Saquon Barkley being back in the mix, uh, the targets concentrating for Kenny Galladay that somebody would do anything and really just either side. I mean, nobody did anything in this game and I, I'm sure the locals here in my, my new area of Philadelphia would be really mad at Jalen Hurts and probably go, oh, he stinks again, bench and play Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I feel like Jalen Hurts is, you know, uh, uh, an experiment uh, for the, you know, a litmus test for Eagles fans where it's just like one week he balls out and they're ready to hand him the key to the city. And the next week he throws three interceptions and they're ready to, uh, to move on completely. So Jalen hurts, just giving local Philly talk radio, all the content fodder they could ever hope for. That was another uh, QB I played yesterday. And uh, of course I keep missing the Jalen hurts weeks played him basically every week, except last week, then get back on the Jalen hurts train and he doesn't get there. So yeah, that was, was uh that was disappointing goddard you know had an awful game uh he was close to some plays you know there were a couple near you know red zone plays uh rager caught a ball at the one so a little uh unfortunate run bad there but man yeah hurts was frustrating yesterday yeah, tough to count uh, any of those pass catchers really at this point. Greg R asked an interesting question uh, about the Steelers that we just talked about, but saying if you're Aaron Rodgers in the offseason, do you prefer to go to the Broncos or the Steelers? I would think the Broncos. I know your boy Javante Williams, one of the other outlier days this week, even though still the same amount of touches as Melvin Gordon. So something to keep in mind if uh, the Javante Williams ownership starts to come up. But I feel like that team is much more ready for whatever Aaron Rodgers wants to do next. I also think, too, it wouldn't surprise me if he just comes back to Green Bay and like, that's, that's the most natural fit. But if you were him, Pete, would you go Broncos or Steelers? That is a really good one. Uh, I do think the the Steelers skill position players are just slightly more intriguing, but I think organizationally and where the Broncos are at um, right now, I, I do think I'd prefer the Broncos and I would much rather live in Denver than in Pittsburgh if I was Aaron Rodgers. So Dem Denver does seem like the decision uh, in that case. Yeah, no offense to Pittsburgh, which I did drive through on my way out here. I had a lovely, I had this thing. Have you ever heard of, um, what is it? Stone cooked steak, Pete? Uh, no. So it's like, basically it's like Korean barbecue, except they bring out a lava hot stone that you cook your own steak on. And I was like, oh, this is like white people's like counter, like the Pittsburgh white people going like, oh, we could do it better than the Koreans. <laughs> they got it out there, but it's basically like you can't touch the stone because it's like incredibly hot and you just cook little like slivers of steak on it. And honestly, pretty good, but I hate any meal where it's like, why am I doing the cooking? I'm paying the professionals to do it. Yeah, I once went to to one of those uh, when I was stoned, and it was just brutal. Like being so hungry, and then also having to make your own food. It's just like I hate this. Yeah, Korean barbecue. I'm a big fan of, but not the ones where I have to do the work. If somebody else is going to do it, fine. But I again, leave, leave it to the professionals. Speaking of the professionals, Cordell Patterson returns to the lineup. 16 carries, 108 yards, two touchdowns. Also two for 27 on three targets. There, 21-14 Falcons win. On the other side, Pete Lavisca Chanel less fantasy points and routes than Laquan Treadwell, despite more targets. Also less fantasy. We don't have to do this. No one. I mean, this is a highlight show. We don't have to, you know, dig on people's graves. I mean, let's talk about Cordero Patterson here. Also, less fantasy points than Tavon Austin, Pete, who one of my friends texted me, independent of, of anything about Splashly, independent of anything about Visca. I was like, Tavon Austin's still in the league? That man who elicited that reaction, in fact, scored more fantasy points. 
I don't think this is Visca's fault. I will say that right now, but it's so shitty. Like, it's so shitty at this point to where it, it's just hilarious. Like, Laquan Treadwell being more involved and Tavon Austin being more involved. Tough luck. Tough luck. Well, I mean, it, we're done making excuses for LaVisca, but it, but it is hilarious because the narrative heading into this week, it's like, okay, they have him playing outside and we need to get him in the slot. We need to manufacture him touches so he can, you know, be a poor man's Debo Samuel. Then he moves into the slot and... Now he's not playing in two wide receiver sets. You know, they're using Marvin Jones and Treadwell in two wide receivers. So he's only on the field in three wide and they're not running a ton of three wide sets. So now he's like minimized again, even though he's in the role where we want him to be. So it's just like, oh, what, what are we supposed to do with this guy right now? Um, it's it's just not happening. If he were the wide receiver three on the Niners, like I think I would buy in then. Like if they were doing some jet sweeps with Debo and him alternating, like that'd be an amazing spot for him. And unfortunately, one that I don't know how that's gonna happen, but I hope I hope something works out for him because it's it's just sad, I think, like really. Well, it is it is hard to untangle, you know, poor coaching team situation versus like, you know, it's probably a little bit of both. Like Visca probably just isn't quite as good as we want him to be, but he's also in an awful situation. And yeah, we have Debo out now for what's going to be probably a few weeks with this groin injury. I, I bet Kyle Shanahan would do a pretty good job scheming uh, Visca the ball. Yeah, I, I agree. And Greg R makes a fair point as well. More fantasy points than Mike Davis, though, right? It's hard to do that when you're competing with Cordell Patterson, who is, quite frankly, I would say, Pete, the most versatile, most intriguing running back in the league. I have not played Madden very much this year, but I actually might dust it off now that I got my TV set up and like I'm feeling like a human being again, because Cordell Patterson is like electric. Like every time he touches the ball feels like a real moment. And <laughs> you want to read that chat from P. Lap? Yes. I don't think the Tanya Harding move on Agnew is enough. I think he needs a whole Saints bounty system for everyone in the office. It's it's just it's fucking whack-a-mole. You know, you take out Agnew and then there's Treadwell. You take out Treadwell and then there's Tavon Austin. You take out Tevin Tavon Austin and they sign, you know, Lord knows who off the street. Yeah, it, it is brutal for poor Visca. And I I honestly am it's getting to the point now for me where I've enjoyed victory lapping on you, uh just mocking you at every turn. Where now I might just be contrarian and just root for Visca really, really vociferously moving forward as you bury him, as all the public will, I'm sure. I can't win either because I got shamed this offseason by Davis and Pat for not drafting him enough. I posted a screenshot of my exposures and I was at like six percent. And they're like, Oh, you're not drafting enough Visca at all. So it's just like I can't win. Anyway, you know, I lose with you. I lose with them. Uh, you know what? We have fun along the way, and that's really what matters. That's the real win for us. <laughs> Pete's going to get the flash play stream shut down for Bounty Gate. Only pro wrestling uh, clips get a shut down here. Everything else, we remain uncanceled thus far. That seems so long ago. Uh, those of you who were around this offseason will remember Specs and I doing a wrestling show where we were watching clips of uh, former NFL players who were doing uh, WWE uh, events, and uh, we got shut down in real time. And some should say we should probably get shut down in real time more often. Oh, I mean, I think that's a perfectly fair point to make. <laughs> Talking about Javante Williams' big day, mostly, you know, driven by the one touchdown as well, some receptions. That same game, though, Mike Williams disappointing. Denver winning the game, I think, surprises. But Mike Williams at this point, I don't get it. Like, I don't get what's going on. Like, he still had, uh, I think, 10 targets in that game. The price tag was down for DFS. And he just doesn't get there. And it's like Justin Herbert's still having great days. So I don't really know what to make of it, Pete. But it feels like Mike Williams' price tag, I, you might have—you might know the salary offhand, given that you just did the review. I assume it came down again. And at a certain point, like you probably have to keep playing him, I guess. I think it's the same. It's 5,700 okay. again this week. So yeah, they didn't adjust it. And I mean, 
I was looking at the the salaries in the games and they play the Bengals and it's going to be a really popular, I think, DFS game just because the Chargers Bengals feels like it has shootout written all over it. But yeah, he's a weird one. I mean, those first four weeks of the season, uh, everyone's like, oh, he's just Michael Thomas in this in this Lombardi offense. And now he's just kind of back to what he was, which it's not even like boom bust. Like we haven't even seen him getting a ton of, you know, deep targets. So I, I haven't I need a film grinder to tell me what's going on there. I, I have no idea. I'll probably keep playing him, though, if he's not going to be popular. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that is the nature of DFS. If a guy's going to be that cheap and you've seen the ceiling be there as we did, where Michael Williams is priced over 8K at points in the season, I think you got to take some stabs there, even if you're not going in heavy. And the last note for me, Austin Walter rushing nine times for 38 yards and a touchdown. Tevin Coleman also rushing 16 times for 67 yards as the Jets upset Houston. 21-14 uh, in that one. Elijah Moore busting his chalk, though not really his fault. Goes four for 46. And uh, Pete, I, had, I did see you talk about some people's lineups. Zach Wilson double sacks. I somehow, because of Corey Davis getting ruled out, ended up with a lot of Elijah Moore and Ryan Griffin stacks, also Jameson Crowder stacks. And holy shit, that was an awful experience. <laughs> yeah, the I mean, the Austin Walter TD, and again, uh, literally never heard of the guy in, in my life. And I didn't think Ty Johnson was an awful play yesterday. Mm -hmm. And he would have been an awesome play if he got the, you know, nine rush attempts, 38 yards and one TD that Austin Walter had. The thesis of the play would have checked out pretty well. So, yeah, uh, can't trust these teams that uh, want to have a three-way committee at running back. And as somebody that did, uh, I know it's illegal, Pete, but I did get a lot of Tevin Coleman in best ball. So it's no, great that no, he's finally... No. He's finally coming through week 12 when I'm grossly eliminated, I think, from every, every single version of a best ball I did. Pete, uh, any other news for you here? Or do you want to go to either Welcome to the Family or the Waiver Wire Snake Draft? Um, Let's see here. Yeah, what a, I think it's probably best if we do, uh, we do Welcome to the Family first. All right, so is it time to play the intro? Welcome to the family, CD. Jebale, what balls on this guy, huh, model? Shit, he's gonna take an eternal dirt nap any one of these days. Get out of here with this shit. Lauren the Ferrari, back in my garage. Welcome to the family. I'm gonna welcome you to the family. Get in here, get in here. Hey, hey, I realize <laughs> oh, my, my new... My new what? hat doesn't look too good with these headphones, though. What the hell? I need to figure It kind of looks through. like you got reindeer antlers for yourself, a regular Rudolfino the reindeer How about something like this? But Spies, what do you think? I picked this in the, up at a high-end store down on Newberry Street earlier this week. What do you think? What do you think? I, I love the pinstripes, son. It really brings out your eyes, brings out the true paisan nature you bring into our favorite segment here where we're celebrating Italian culture, Pete. And honestly, my hat took a little bit of a beating in transit here. got squeezed up. So you might be the king of the Italian fedora look. Yeah, tell me, please tell me you didn't just toss that in the trunk, in the back seat. Your dogs are shitting all over it. That should have been in a gold lock and key case protected from all the elements. What are you doing, Spaggies? It was Spaggies. It was Spaggies, in fact, let the movers, the professional adults, handle it. And unfortunately, they did not uh, take the tender love and care, as I clearly do for all my bit props behind me. <laughs> Racking them up more and more, the more that we come up with these crazy segments of ours. 
Yeah, what are you? What are the? How many different money hats you got back there? You got more money hats than I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Got five money hats in total because we bring in the paper family here, feet, and that's what the money hats are all about. As well as the puppet, the puppet does a good job. <laughs> he's bringing to the equation. Please don't break character to talk about the puppet, okay? Uh, he's, my nice puppet. he's been part of the family, people. We gotta welcome some new guys, the family, some guys that earned their bones this week. And this is a guy, Pete. Honestly, we might have inducted already, but I think. He he needs to be back in the mix. Cordero Patterson, or I'm going to call Sweet Pat, because he reminds me of a beautiful cheesesteak from Pat's Cheesesteak over here in Philadelphia. The real Italians, of course, of Philadelphia that I'm now surrounded by, and also simultaneously somewhat afraid of as a New York Italian. They're bringing great things time and time again, and that's what Cordero Patterson does. He gives you the whiz with it on every single play. He does touchdowns on touchdowns. He makes Mike Davis, one of history's greatest running backs, look like an absolute joke. My own! It's a classic Spaggy's move to induct the guy we've already welcomed into the family. We gave him a nine-course meal already, okay? We just brought him over little cannolis for dessert. We even cleaned off whatever little frosting was still on his lips, and we gave him a kiss goodnight. And then you say, come in, welcome to the family. Anyone else you'd like to induct? Maybe Tom Brady's? You want to tell Tom Brady's to come into the house, Spaggy's? Again, I think Spaggy's over here definitely gets confused by the bit. I think we view it differently where I think we can welcome the same guys every week if we so chose because that's sort of what that's what family's all about. You keep getting welcomed in. You get your kisses on the head. I don't want to take your bit, Pete, but I don't want to give I, I give kisses on, on both, both sides of the cheeks. Well, it just look like I get it. You have fine taste. You know, you're walking down the street. You see a beautiful lady and you get the hots for her. But I like to go and dig for the true gemstones, the true vagrants, the off the beaten path boys like Chris Myricks for the New York Giants. This guy scores a touchdown from Danny Dimes. Everyone's like, where's my Evan Ingrams? Where's my Saquon Barkley's? No, it's Chris Myricks' season, all right? And this guy is so special. He's just 300 pounds of pure mass pure football prowess and boy would I like to take off his helmet and stick my tongue right down his throat and tell him welcome to the family when you mention Chris Meyerick's name you know where I feel something beating my dick I almost went there but it felt like a little low-hanging fruit if you know what I mean just like on Chris Meyer, Rick Hobbit. Uh, feet, I'll, here, you want me to dig deeper for somebody? I'll dig deeper for a guy. He's been kicking around the crew for a while. He's finally been promoted to capo. Tavon Austin, welcome to the family. It's just so great to see you performing as the true wide receiver one of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, the extension of the Jacksonville crime family, of course. We're so excited to welcome him in as well. But Tavon Austin's been kicking around for a while, people. Maybe he's finally found a role for himself, found a home in Jacksonville as any true true diminutive wide receiver should. I like it. I like it. I also think you could have gone with Laquan Treadwell. You could have literally said any name of anyone on the depth chart other than LaVisca Chenault, and they'd be welcomed in our home. Basically, everyone not named LaVisca, come in. We're going to give you kisses. We're going to give you hugs. We're going to give you lots of targets. Nothing for you, Visca. Stay outside in the cold. And here's a little jacket, maybe, to keep you warm. Visca not even getting some finely seeded Italian bread like the pigeons do. He's, in fact, just getting air kisses blown his way. Not even getting real kisses. When they blow it away and they go and they look away in disgust.
Here's somebody I'd like to give a nice breadstick to. That's Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings, welcome to the family. Some of us might have been tilting. George Kittles not scoring. That's okay, Jawan Jennings. I love what you do. I love you score a touchdown. You look pretty good out there. I'm always like, is that Brandon Ayuk? No, it's Jawan Jennings. Come on down. I'm not even. You don't even have to take your helmet off. Keep your cleats. I'm just gonna kiss you all over your helmet. Ooh, that's metallic. There's still a little bit of grass in your helmet from yesterday. The grass adds a little bit of flavor to the kissing, I believe we could all agree. And, and honestly, Pete, I did play some Jawan Jennings yesterday, double stack with Debo Samuel and Jimmy Garoppolo. Tell you what, the real Paisan in that group did not come through at all. Wait, did you just say you played Jawan Jennings in a double stack? <laughs> with Jawan Jennings, Debo Samuels stacked up alongside Jimmy Garoppolo. Is this is this truly a bit or is this an actual lineup you did? That's one of the lineups I made using some what different exposure caps. What the fuck is wrong with you? You're playing Jawan Jennings and DFS Spaggies. Spaggies, what happened to your beautiful DFS brain ever since you landed on the East Coast? My God. He was minimum salary. He's scoring touchdowns, and he did it again yesterday, Pete. Jawan, maybe I should have been the one welcoming Jawan Jennings to the family if I weren't so focused on doing spiteful things towards LaVisca Chanel. Well, it's also like you're just, you know, trying to induct Hall of Famers into the Hall of Fame instead, you know, welcoming true off-the-radar people like Dontrell Hilliard, Marion Deasy has a very nice suggestion for us. Spags, what do you say? Should we let Hilliard into the family? I mean, Dontrell Hilliard, another guy I had exposure to that I know old PDGPP is over here. He ain't get he ain't PD overs this week. He's PD unders with his plays because he did not play Dontrell Hilliard, who I <laughs> mean, I don't, I don't know if you saw the tweet. I don't always want to talk about my tweets here, especially when doing a character voice. But I did tweet that Dontrell Hilliard was a nesting doll that lived inside of Derrick Henry and got great engagement from people that are very smart and actually know what a Russian nesting doll is as opposed to an Italian nesting doll, which is when your sister Maria is pregnant for the fifth time. Please do not talk about the Russians on this show. This is a safe space. This is for Italian culture. And Spags, I did want to congratulate you on that tweet with great engagement. I've been very incredibly proud for you. I got a little tear down my eye when I saw the faves and the replies coming in. I was picturing you clicking the more button, the settings, and seeing just how many impressions that tweet hit. And everybody, grandma, moms, auntie, we've all been super excited and proud of you. <laughs> They're all so proud. They printed the tweet out. They put it on the fridge right next to uh, the latest mess menu that we're looking for for the week. Lots of gabagool on the menu. That's how it goes with the family. Wait a second. I did just pull up this tweet to do my investigative no, research. quality engagement. No. Numbers. Oh. We've been what? numbers lately. It's just quality, we're, quality engagement. We're victory laughing a one retweet, 21 like, one reply tweet. It was Is a quality just... tweet that quality people gravitate towards. <laughs> I mean, the the bar for engagement these days is so low, Spags. I thought we were going to be looking at a 100-burger here. What the fuck? No, it wasn't that good, Pete. People don't know what a Russian nesting doll is, but the people that did know that they're like, oh, I understand football. I understand Russian nesting dolls. It's a very small Venn diagram, my own. Hey, hey, who are all these people you're talking about? I see one, Mr. Eric Lindquist. <laughs> I mean, the likes, uh, Awesomeo liked it. Eric Lindquist liked it. Kowaisenberg from FTN, the family the family television network, I presume. That's what they all liked it. Just real high quality people. And Pete, sometimes you just want to mention the tweet you did because you like the concept again. 
Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to kind of blow up your you spot. You're shaving me right here. For a guy that never tweets no more feet, seems like you got a lot of sassy comebacks. I do get a little scared when I pull up the screen share on Twitter. You never know how many people you're going to see that I have muted on Twitter. And it would, you know, could be a disaster. Someone's feelings might get hurt. Well, I'm glad I'm not one of them, Peter, and I guess oh, no. see I, no, I have notifications turned off for you, Specs. <laughs> Thank you. That's why you're part of the family, just like all of you out there. Throw the hat under the camera. Call it. <laughs> oh, we got to play the intro as an outro. Oh. Lasso. Welcome to the family, CD. Chepale, what balls on this guy, Amaro? Shit, he's going to take an eternal dirt nap any one of these days. Get out of here with this shit. Lauren, the Ferrari, back in my garage. Welcome to family. We're going to welcome you to the family. Get in here. Get in here. I just want to wave every time. <laughs> it's over. Uh, Will say, where these voices go across sentences is simply amazing. That's another thing, Pete, that we bring to fantasy football that nobody else does. Yeah, I think what's hard for me with my is because I do have so the the man's voice and I did an uncle man's character. And so then and then I also have like the mobster version. And so I think I'm just constantly mixing up all three of those and, and code switching every single word. So it's, uh, you know, I don't have kind of the, the sense of purpose and vision like I do when I have Nana Pete. I mean, look, you're bringing me great joy with it. And I think Nana Pete, uh, this, the views went up for welcome to the family. Nana Pete was killing us. The other show. I will say, did you see the views on that episode on the whole though, did pretty well compared to some of our recent that's true. Wow. I think it's because honestly, we were like one of the only shows doing something after Thanksgiving and, you know, stealing some of that ship, that ship chasing momentum too, probably didn't hurt. Yeah. People, uh, you know, tuning in to see, uh, what, you know, problematic things we might say. <laughs> that is true, but let's do a little waiver wire snake draft. Of course, before we do a ride or die picks for Monday night football tonight, Seahawks, Washington football team will be the matchup, but let's do the waiver wire. Of course, we're going to go round by round, pick out some waiver wire guys, maybe some obvious number one overall picks, though. Maybe Pete views it differently than I do. So I will actually take the number one pick this week, Pete, <laughs> as I like to do when there's an injury right before the show. And I think Alex Madison going to be over the threshold, so he doesn't count. But I, okay, doesn't I thought count. you were about to just say Alexander Madison. I was. <laughs> also, I have to give a shout out. Uh, JJ Zacharyson wearing my East Coast dad's hoodie. Oh, nice. I still need to get one of those. It looks very nice. I like I, the. White. I mean, well, I think you got to be a dad, Pete. That's the issue. Well, uh, basically, I told my wife I am finally ready to have kids, and she goes, "Seriously, why?" And I said, "Oh, I got—I want to get one of these hoodies." JJ Zacharyson will let me buy a shirt <laughs> once we have a child. So go check it out, EastCoastDads.com. Actually, a very comfortable hoodie, and I—I I don't usually buy many white hoodies, but I figured, why not do, do for this one? So happy to support a good cause there, and of course, he's donating those proceeds elsewhere as well. Josh Reynolds seems like a pretty good pickup this week. One hundred and one, maybe he'll make the cut, but I will take a guy instead at one hundred and one. I think there's a chance this guy passed. Chuba Hubbard in the rotation. I think Amir Abdullah is an interesting play pass catching upside. There's been a lot of rave reviews that face of shock on Pete really brings me joy here, but Chuba, I get the logic. He's done it before, but Amir Abdullah wasn't on the team. Then I think he's an interesting one one for this week's waiver wire snake draft. Yeah. I, first of all, I will just say, uh, I do think Abdullah is worth, uh, picking up. I saw JJ talking about the Panthers schedule and it's actually pretty hard, uh, as far as run defenses. So you'd imagine maybe you see a little bit more Abdullah in the pass catching role. I don't know if he's uh he's a one-on-one type of pick, but I guess we kind of have to flesh out how strong this week is on the waiver wire, but I'll allow it. You were very excited. I, I did think you were going to do Josh Reynolds for the brand though. 
Oh, no, you know, honestly, I should have, but we know wide receivers tend to be a little bit overvalued, I think, in the waiver wires, whereas you get a running back, get some touches, get some PPR points. That's why <laughs> Mir Abdul is my guy. But, Pete, you get back-to-back picks, so the world's your oyster. And if you take Josh Reynolds, I will come for you and everything you love. No, I, I only pick good players. Uh, I will take, I'll take Matt Breida here. Uh, I mean, Zach Moss being a healthy scratch was, we heard rumblings of it and I still didn't quite believe that it was going to actually happen. So uh, he is just completely out of favor with the team now. And uh, Breida looks good. He He's explosive. And I think if he takes over that full kind of Zach Moss role, um, it's going to be valuable in that offense. And I know no one ever wants to play Bill's running backs because they don't use him that much. And he's not going to be like a league winner type guy. Like it's not like Chuba stepping into, you know, 20 carries a game kind of thing. But I think, you know, as dire as things are with all these injuries, I think Matt Breida is going to be a pretty solid plug and play. No, I agree. I mean, he's definitely shown the fantasy upside before. And uh, before we go into your next pick here in the waiver wire sector, I have to give a shout out to Mario Don Yeezy as well as 22nd and blue who, who latched on to my, I guess my desperate pleas for engagement on the show. And in fact, retweeted and liked the tweet. So there we go. So now everybody getting to breathe in Dontrell Hilliard's greatness. And honestly, actually he should have been my one oh one. Now that I think about it, <laughs> he should have, um, yeah. but I, I'll let you have him. I'm going to, I'm oh, going to do you. a wide receiver. I'm going to do Kendrick Bourne. Um, you know, he had the two touchdowns, but his kind of underlying usage has been good. He has at least four receptions in five of his last six games. And then, of course, three touchdowns in the past three games. And it does kind of appear like he's, you know, past Aguilar as the kind of co-wide receiver one there with uh, Jacoby Myers. So Kendrick Bourne looks really good to me whenever he's out there. He makes impressive catches. And Mac Jones just seems to be getting better and better each and every week. So now they play the Bills this week on Monday Night Football, which should be a high scoring game. So uh, I'm very rarely picking up wide receivers in leagues because that's normally where I'm heavily concentrated, but I would not mind taking a stab on Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, I would say I haven't seen snap counts for the week because the Football Outsiders puts them out on Tuesday. So definitely part of my process is looking go looking at those and going through one by one. But um, if the snap counts up, I think it's one thing with Bourne. So I would double check that because last week he was actually getting a lot less routes than Aguilar while still having a great day. But I mean, that's, that's just me putting a caveat on it. And of course, plugging the brand footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Yes, uh, pick is over to you though now. It is over to me. So I will take, all right. So I think I will take the guy, <laughs> I will take the guy that I just mentioned. Dontrell Hilliard actually picked him up in the league that I'm dead in the water on, but I had Deonta Foreman. I felt like Hilliard was the better play. Another guy though, getting less snaps overall than Deonta Foreman, but Hilliard's looking explosive. I mean, it's hard to not see that 63 yard run and get some sort of feeling over it, but the pass game worked. The fact that Tennessee, quite frankly, running pretty bad right now, I don't think that's going to get any easier for them with AJ Brown out at least the next few weeks. So Hilliard, I think there's a lot of game scripts that could benefit him and explosiveness, Pete, I've I mean, that one play is one you could point to, but like every single play, we talked about Tony Pollard and how he looks versus Zeke on the, the ship giving show. But I do think that's kind of the same thing with Hilliard, where you see Foreman, I get why he's kind of gotten as many chances as he's gotten. But Hilliard looks kind of like a beast, just a little bit too small to get a full workload. Yeah, no, that was all nice. Are you going to do your real pick? Because Hilliard's owned in 76 or only available in 76% of leagues. Are we re- Are we going to really... <laughs> Oh, so the rules just only apply to me, but not you. I mean, I did think that was inspiring. It was nice to have that bonus content on the show, but I am waiting for you to make a real pick. You son of a bitch. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) even Seven Coleman isn't over 80% available. How is that possible? (laughs) 
I mean, you know, if you want to all of a sudden loosen the rules, that's fine. But you need to tell me before because I think Dontrell Hilliard would be the clear one-on-one otherwise. I, you think I'm taking? All right. If he's available in your league, take Dontrell Hilliard. If he's not, <laughs> take Boston Scott, who weirdly got more carries than Miles Sanders yesterday, remains in the mix, even though Miles Sanders has been available and playing games. So uh, he does apparently available, according to Sam Wallace's article over at Rotovis, 82.7% of leagues, Pete. So just where we need him to be to make him a pick. There you go. Congratulations on Thank playing you. within the rules. I do appreciate that. You son of a bitch. And then I will also take a wide receiver here who is not Josh Reynolds because Josh Reynolds probably owned in 99% of leagues, you'd think. <laughs> I would say uh, this guy, though, should be owned in more. Russell Gage, uh, available in 81% of leagues. I don't know that Calvin Ridley's coming back this year, but 18 fantasy points yesterday from Gage. Solid day for him. Seems like the targets are there. I don't have a ton of faith week to week, but if you're in a, a tough spot here, I feel like he and Josh Reynolds, 99% on Josh Reynolds, probably really strong wide receivers to pick up this week. Uh, yep. Thanks. Uh, appreciate you sticking within the rules on those past few picks like, there. Yeah, no, you really fucking own me. Like, <laughs> owning the libs and they're not having over 80% owned players or 80% available players. Um, I am going to, uh, do a tight end here. Cole Komet, uh, still available in 86.8% of leagues. He had 11 targets on Thanksgiving. You know, you are still seeing Jimmy Graham involved a bit in the red zone, but eight reception, 11 targets. I mean, it is absolute tough sledding out there for tight ends. I mean, it is really gross. Even the high end guys aren't getting a lot of volume. So if this is a trend, um, that continues, I think, uh, I mean, even if he regressed to, you know, six to seven targets a game, he would definitely be in play so i like what i saw from cole Komet, and i will happily pick him up in leagues where i need tight end help and i will do uh, i think i did this guy last week but i will do him again uh especially with Taysom hill taking over but traquan smith uh 20 targets over his last three games and at least 30 receiving yards in those previous five and two touchdowns over his past five games so uh the fact that we're going to get something taking over and maybe the thesis is you know he is the binky in the same way Michael Thomas was the binky for Taysom Hill last go around so I think he's a worthwhile stab with the offense getting shook up there I also don't like that Josh Reynolds is even mentioned in Sam Wallace's article from what I can tell <laughs> He, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think Sam does a terrific job with it and he tries not to waste people's time. <laughs> Unbelievable. I think <laughs> I would, I don't know what Josh Reynolds, because we don't have the ESPN leagues this year. Pete and I both did not do an ESPN fantasy football league or season long league this year. So we don't have uh, the reference point. So I don't know if Josh Reynolds is 80% or not Pete. And given how, how staunchly you're holding me to the rules, I don't I'll know. I'll allow you have it for the brand. Um, Okay, well, I would like, okay, if Josh Reynolds is available, take him. If not, though, I do want to give a shout out to Brevin Jordan, who I also ended up on some lineups. Again, I did weird shit yesterday that ended up being okay. Brevin Jordan, though, getting targets every week. He is on the upswing here, and I think this is a team that's going to have to throw a little bit more to somebody besides Brandon Cooks. Nico Collins not seeming like that guy thus far. And I think in the spot, Brevin Jordan, you know, you took a good tight end as well. Cole Komet, Jack Doyle, apparently available in a lot of leagues. I, I get going there as well. But I take the upside guy. We don't really know what's there yet for Brevin Jordan. Does seem like he's earned his way even though uh, they have other tight ends they could be going to so i would take that stab unless josh reynolds is available i've really gotten done i've got six picks you know in what? here <laughs> i just realized on the espn fantasy page you can actually search and i can tell you right now josh reynolds is owned in only 0.3 percent of leagues <laughs> wow i mean so 99.7 percent available josh reynolds seems like the the fourth choice here in the <laughs> state draft I love it. I love it. Do, do you have a fifth pick? What was that? 
Is it back to me or do you have a fifth pick? No, it's back to you. I, I got my I got my six picks in. So I'm good to go. <laughs> all right, my last pick. I'm surprised he made it all the way back. But uh, Taysom Hill here, he's uh, only rostered in 2.2% of leagues. And uh, yeah, it's uh, with we have four teams on bye week this week. So you might be in a pinch without, you know, a Rodgers uh, or uh, who else is on by here? I forget now, but uh, you might need be in a pinch. And I think Taysom Hill is going to have an incredibly good floor. You know, he's going to run the ball at least, you know, seven, eight times and uh, probably a lock for like 15 points with upside for a lot more. So Taysom Hill, if you need a QB. Um, also, Silas saying that McNichols, McNichols coming back. I think Dontrell Hilliard's past him in the rotation, I would think, or 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 Foreman. But somebody, like, you can't keep Hilliard off the floor or off the field at this point with how good he's been the last few weeks. I don't think. I could. I'd just say, hey, you're not going on the field. <laughs> hey, Dontrell, hit the brisk <laughs> McNichols is back in town. All right, let's do, let's do the ride or die picks. Of course, we do have a Monday night football game coming up tonight. Seattle and Washington, uh, kind of surprisingly high total in this one, I'd say. Uh, 47 yeah. overall implied total. Um, Edge Sports has it as 48-point line, so maybe a little bit of value on the over, but not too much. But Seattle, 24 implied points. Washington, 23 implied points. Um, I guess any first thoughts for you here? Because it does seem like one particular slate where – I don't really know that there's an obvious captain. And I have to look up the Osmo ownership to get a, a read on that. But um, how are you feeling about the overall picture here before we actually give our ride or die picks? Well, if I give my take, are you then going to steal who I want it's to take? Possible. If I, if if I think, yeah. I, I mean, I kind of think there's an awesome captain play and I want him all to myself. Is it, is it a, a run the Sims style captain play? Uh, I am using run the Sims tools to help inform they, I don't know what style play means in this context. <laughs> I, I actually, you know, Justin Freeman, kind enough, our good friend over at run the Sims, of course, use that promo code Pete. If you are signing up over there, did give me a login and maybe I just need to, to start looking that up before the show too. So I know which way Pete's going to be leading. Then I can leverage accordingly. Wow. Getting those influencer perks over mm -hmm. there. Pretty nice. Yeah, no, yet, I mean, once I get an underdog deal and a jock market deal, then I'll be killing it. <laughs> what? Well, uh, but I, and yet I still have not been able to receive the football outsiders influencer uh, log in oh, there. Did, did you want it? You never asked. I think that's the. <laughs> I I just kind of expect, you know, in the same way, you know, Adidas sends me shoes. I would just figure that you would. Does give Adidas me send you shoes? No, I just made okay. that up. It's like, Jesus, you, Pete, got, are you, you got you got so jealous there. For a I second. was completely like, I'm happy to ride your coattails, but it means get literal free things. Like I don't yeah. need more memberships. Uh, yeah. They wrote a really nice note. They said they love splash play, uh, that show that you do with that other guy. And then there was a bunch of other. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, you're really carrying that show. So here, have some free shoes. You need them to support your back. <laughs> uh, uh, Adidas loves Nana Pete. What can I say? <laughs> All right. So let's do our ride or die picks first. Then uh, the Osmo ownership, always something that I check and even, you know, not working there anymore, but very much love their data. Very helpful for me. Uh, Captain ownership, really flat as I expected. Lots of guys around 12%. It seems according to their DK showdown ownership projections. But um, I will say for my ride or die pick, of course we do the showdown captains and we didn't even mention Pete, by the way, you beat me by one point in ride or die picks because you took a one pointer. We both got two tens and you got a one pointer this week. That's right. Sometimes playing a little small ball is what's called for and you know one of the things we've talked about with ride or die is that winning on the week does matter a lot and so i'm glad to have gotten that weekly dub oh you son of a bitch i forgot to tweet it out too because the movers were here sunday morning oh, so i didn't even forget yeah. that's why <laughs> i tweeted in advance not not afterwards anyway my my showdown winning captain today will in fact be drum roll one 
I don't know what his name's short for. DK Metcalf. No, one Donkey bullshit. Kong Metcalf. No, no, this is so bullshit. Like, you can't just pull a captain out of your ass and it's you just, like, looked at names and then picked when I've been wanting to pick DK Metcalf all day. <laughs> to be fair, I looked at my projections, my personal projections that I updated with love before the show, grabbed the snap counts for Football Outsiders, said, oh, here's what these guys are going to be playing. Boop, boop, boop. Ran it and then uh, held my finger in the air to, to test the wind. And I was like, DK Metcalf's to play, but I haven't projected for 17.6 fantasy points today. I'm so mad. I'm glad. Thank, He's, thank God. He, uh... 26.2% of the simulated uh, lineups, he is the winning captain, which is uh, one of the bigger numbers uh, I've seen this year for a non-quarterback. So um, I'm tilting. I will take Taylor Heineke, and I hate it. The thing, though, like, he's so cheap for this DK slate. DK Metcalf is 8,800. Like, yeah, that captain ownership, I, I feel like he can't be under 15% owned a captain. No, yeah, and that's what made him look like such a good play. I because ETR has him at 16%, which I think okay. sounds about right. Um, but in the sim still, you know, at 25%, you're still getting way over the field on it. Man, I've, I I feel like the ownership projections are light. Like Osmo has him under 12%. If uh, ETR has him under 20%, I feel like DK Metcalf gets to over 20, unless people are just, you know, game log watching in a way where they just don't see the, I, I don't know. He shouldn't be that much cheaper than Tyler Lockett. No, he shouldn't. Yeah. And that's what Greg was mentioning here as well. So yeah, there might end up being uh, a pretty good uh, ownership disparity and it, it'll be interesting to see if that updates. Uh, I know Osmo will update and ETR as well after an active. So maybe, uh, maybe we bake a little steam, you know, after the big old splash play bump to DK Metcalf. Oh, and also Greg point out, Greg, I would say chat MVP today for the show though. I do like Marie. I feel like did some great things for me as well. Uh, but I would say his Decalin here coming into the clutch Decalin Zacharias is also, so he's, so technically he's DKZ is his name. All right, I'm gonna start calling him that. It really rolls D off the DZ. I, I feel like DZ is a pretty cool, like a pretty young cool DZ. Yeah, 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 young DZ. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Captain what are the DZ. plugs for you, or or anything else you want to cover? I feel like we got five minutes, so I'm gonna squeeze every dollar I can out of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't even pin it like that. You've admitted before that you have an OCD that it pains you when our shows aren't exactly an hour. Not exactly an hour, at least an hour, because I want to give people, I want to be like, we punched the clock, we hit an hour. If you punch the clock at 55 minutes, you don't, uh, do you even get paid? That's the question. <laughs> oh, well, lately I haven't been back. What was your question? I don't know. You just want me to ban for four minutes you for your OCD? Actually, chat you questions. We haven't done chat questions in a while, so I feel like- We could also build a lineup. You want to build a- Yeah, let's build a lineup. Line. Let's build a lineup, and if the chat has any questions, drop them in, because we haven't- We used to do a Q&A segment, and then we just stopped doing it, and I, I do like the idea. Also, have, have you heard of the Twitter Spaces Spark program, or are you already getting paid for it, and I don't know about it? No, what's the the Spark program? They is pay that you twenty five hundred dollars a month to do two Twitter Spaces a week, and I would desperately like to get into that ecosystem. Um, how do we how do we apply? I was looking up how to apply. I don't know. I know you started doing Twitter Spaces. I, I, I saw because I feel like this is one of the things that I haven't done that I was like, should we be doing it? And I know you have an aversion at Twitter Live Video, but yeah, Twitter Spaces apparently paying people for that program. If you search it, you might be able to find it. Um, all right. I am going to, uh, we'll try to look into this. Yeah. looks pretty good. I, looks yeah, I would be happy to do like we do live video shows. Like we got to look present. I had to fucking spend hours figuring out this thing, literally breaking the electricity in the room, trying to get things maneuvered the right way, like an idiot. Cause that's what I am. But I think Twitter space is paying money for people to do that. Like, sure. I'd take that money in heartbeat. 
the other, I mean, Twitter space, like I could go on a walk while doing Twitter spaces, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, the, the, You'd be in the sauna. Oh, I would. No, I wouldn't want to bring my phone in there. I got to protect it. Um, all right, let's build a lineup. I'm picking out a contest. Let's see the dime time. Super <laughs> FF doom saying swole casts have hard outs. SP is hard ends. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> that's what you do. These different shows with Pete. There's a little bit of hard in a little hard out for everybody. <laughs> all right. We're going with the $5 single entry here. Feeling pretty generous today. Nice. Um, so if we're doing single entry, it's DK Metcalf captains. The first move. Yes, uh, it is. That is that is exactly what we are going to do here. Um, and if we're doing that, uh, we're going to do Russ. We're just going to toss Russ in here. We're not going to overthink this. Yep, I think that's... <laughs> uh, the, some of these chats are amusing. Silas here is saying, rip redacted? Who's, who is, who's redacted? Uh, what does he say? DK Captain, Russ Heineke, D. Eskridge, redacted F1, and Logan Thomas. I actually, I actually don't know who's redacted here. Yeah, Silas, sure. explain, please. So, <laughs> Silas wants you to use your crowns. Not knowing, apparently, that you could be getting a dishwasher for those crowns. The second I got over, I, I ended up using my crowns, I think, on the ship giving night, right? When we built a lineup. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. And I felt really gross doing it. I, that was only because I was drunk. I'll never do it again. I honestly, I used to pretty liberally use crowns for lineups too. And I'm like, well, I never know when I'm going to need to <laughs> buy something foolish on the Dynasty store. <laughs> oh, Silas is referencing a format where he has D. Eskridge. Uh, uh, okay. Sorry, yeah. Got yes, it, got yes, it. Yeah, D. Eskridge getting snaps. Uh, that's that's something to note. Um, all right, so we got DK Metcalf. You put Wilson in. That's obviously a very logical correlation there. I'm going to say DJ Dallas. I feel like he's my running back of choice tonight. Um, I don't mind it. So right now we have started out. So I was looking at the most frequented lineup in the Sims and it appears 25 times. And so far our lineup matches that one, one for one so far, it's the exact same. So I am going to keep making selections off of it and we'll see if you can follow in lockstep or not. I am Ooh. going to add Antonio Gibson. Interesting. Okay. Also, uh, DJ, DJ, a dog, <laughs> DJ, a dog, three K. I don't know if how, how we're saying this. Why do people hold crowns? I didn't know this until the Lowell show a couple of weeks ago with, with Brian Hooper saying that he gets just fat checks from DK for not using his crowns. So like, I guess that's one reason why, but it's also, you could theoretically enter like enter a higher dollar tournament that you wouldn't normally pay for. Yeah. Or you could just like it as the ultimate flex in a way <laughs> to tell people, you know, I know people roll into this stream and they're like a hundred thousand crowns. Wow. I Look at wish. this guy. boy. It's he aspirational. Must be, he must be really happy. <laughs> in life. Um, I think so. I feel like we're, we're pushing towards fading Terry McLaurin. Um, mm. I mean, ugh. I feel like Heineke is the move here then. All right, so we are so far, we are down to, we have built the exact optimal lineup according to uh, The Sims, which means we probably need to get weird here with this last pick. <laughs> so not Freddie Swain, I think. Exactly, yeah. that that is the one there. So we're going to have to get off the wall a bit. Let's play, let's do something really funky. Um, Let's see, let's, uh, let's do D we'll leave some salary on the table. We'll leave 2000 and go D and assume most people will build with, uh, with, uh, Swain here. Yeah. I think that's logical. We don't, we don't have too many receivers in the mix. I, I think if Metcalf's going to be the captain, he's got to be pretty good to, to get there. So yeah, I think that works. 
All right, uh, Spags, we made it past an hour. Your, your OCD is free. <laughs> can finally can you... rest easy. Uh, Pete, what are you doing here? When's, when's the showdown cram coming up on your channel? Yeah, I'll do the showdown cram uh, around, I think I scheduled it for 7.40 tonight. Um, mm -hmm. So I will do it then. Uh, give us give us a quick, uh, I am. I want a tour of your new set. Are you in a little cove? right now because so i am in a like little honestly like i'm ashamed of the rest of it i could turn the camera around but you could see it's a small little room you're in you're inside my ring light now yeah uh, here's the door here's the the studio fan that i cannot plug in right now because of breaking electricity and then and then here's me crooked now i'm gonna have to so, go out crooked so it's like a little alcove within the room so like the basement's out there so the, there's a basement here then the work the workshop <laughs> This next door, lots of work. Old tired hands uh, heads into the workshop. <laughs> and then there's um, then there's the laundry room. Then there's like a closet. And then there's like the basement area, which has uh, the fitness stuff that has not fully been set up yet. But I have like foam padding down the Peloton. The uh, we got a, a bench and then like a weight rack. And then there's like a big couch area where uh, which will hold my my uh, beverage fridge as well as my uh, marijuana <laughs> paraphernalia. And uh, we got good space. Basically, this is like an extended version of what my old like one bedroom or my two bedroom studio would have been. So I'm it seems like, I mean, we now live what three hours away from each other. Probably. I think it sounds right. Yeah. I, I, well, yeah, I don't know. Cause we, you're further than New York. I'm three and say, a half. Say, say your address right now. And I'll just kind of <laughs> type it in. It's one nine Oh eight three is the area. Code. What, what, no. What city do you live in though? Um, I live in Havertown, Pennsylvania. Havertown. Havertown. Sounds elegant. Everyone take guesses how far Google Maps would say if I drove to Spag's house right now. I think I think it's got to be like six, six and a half. Right now, if I were to leave, five hours and 23 minutes, I could be on Spag's doorstep. Oh, you could be here. Oh, it'd be too late for the, the cram show. The cram? I could do yeah. the cram from the car and then we could sweat our lineups <laughs> together from your little alcove sitting in your couch. Together. Look, my couch is set up the 75 inch hanging on the wall. Again, I had a real man come and do that for me. So I'm, I was coming along, Pete. We're, we still don't have a couch in the living room though. That I don't know when that, that'll get sorted out. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, I, I kind of overhauled my, my uh, computer setup over the weekend and it's, it's always stressful getting uh, familiar. So I think you did a good job. You look good. Thank you. you sound good. It's, it's, um, it's a nice step forward. For I, you. I'm glad I'm just trying to catch up with you. I have recessed lighting or some of the, the led lighting strips that I have to figure out once there's power in the room again, but yeah, thriving, thriving here. Some could say you East, are. East coast dad's life is what we're going to get. There. <laughs> East coast dad's life. There you go. Um, promo code spags. When you buy your East coast dad's sweatshirt. <laughs> Greg asking, is that where I'm playing to watch Lulz from? Yes, I'll be watching that on the couch in the basement when my girlfriend goes to bed. I could spend some private time with Brian Hooper and, and Pete, of course, talking about all the latest naked yoga happenings. <laughs> uh, I still, I, I, I brought it up on Ship Giving, right? That the naked yoga stream yep. has like the most. Oh, I mean it popped up on my homepage after we did that show. Yeah. Wow. Wow, I still have, well, you searched Naked Yoga live. You told us you did No, that. so it popped up on the Splash Play handle, which I was not on during the show, which is, I guess, the weirder <laughs> part. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're uh, like, go see how professionals do it. Now they get clicks. They just talk about Brian Hooper jacking off to YouTube, but then all of a sudden the views come streaming in. <laughs> uh, all right, I am billing you for time and a half now on these okay, last cool. four minutes. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, that's it. Make sure to go follow at Peter Overs at follow at Chris Fags, follow at Splash Play Pod. We'll be back Thursday, 2.30 Eastern, so come hang out with us then. And, of course, make sure to subscribe to Peach Channel and the Splash Play Channel and go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe for 99 cents a week is the package on there. And catch Pete coming up in a few hours. If, unless he pops up here, Peter, I'll send you the address. You're more than welcome. What do you... 